I never wear a hat, but today I am because it is so cold. This is going to be one of the coldest weeks in February since, I don't know what, since the ancient times. Uh, they're predicting temperatures that drop all the way to minus 10, that's 14 degrees Fahrenheit later this week. And yet, I'm outside, doctor's orders, trying to catch some rays of sunlight, which is not very hard because despite the low temperatures, we've had a lot of sunshine. Uh, the skies are blue today as well. It's just that this wind every time I turn a corner and uh, there's no longer the shelter of the houses in the neighborhood here. You, you get that wind that blows straight through you. Even though I'm wearing a thick winter coat, I have my Harry Potter uh, scarf and my um, northern face gloves that Lynn Francisco sent me, for which I'm so grateful right now. And I'm wearing my Kiwi hat. This is a hat that I bought many years ago uh, in New Zealand when I was finishing. I think they were on sale because back then I visited, I think during the winter time in the Netherlands, but it was uh, already springtime or perhaps even the beginning of summer over there. So they were putting all their winter hats on sale. <laughs> and it's, it's a great hat. It's black. It's got the logo of the... <clears throat> the uh what is it the the new zealand blacks is it the name of the the rugby team and so uh, sometimes i get thumbs up when i walk around in amsterdam or rotterdam of uh, <laughs> new zealand expats and there's like a fellow new zealander <laughs> nope just a tourist but uh you know what perhaps towards the end of this year or the beginning of the next year i want to go back to new zealand <clears throat> after all uh, one of the one of the problems with having vitamin D deficiency is you need to catch as much sunlight as possible, and so it would be a good idea when the days go short and life is dark and and shadowy in the Netherlands to go to the other side of the planet where where there's plenty of sunshine. I think health-wise, definitely something I should explore. <clears throat> it's a little bit far, and that's kind of the downside. Ah, oh, what a week. What a week I have um, uh, behind me. And I have got another very intense week ahead of me. Um, I'll just summarize what happened. Um, I'm still busy filming uh, a number of projects in uh, the southeastern part of Amsterdam. I talk a little bit about that in uh, one of the episodes of the Daily Breakfast this week. And uh, it requires me to go to Amsterdam several times to film projects for marginalized people, uh, immigrants, and uh, all very cool initiatives, um, extremely nice people. It's really heartwarming to see how much good happens, even though it's almost never on TV. You don't read about it in the newspapers. But it is also a lot of work because we're filming volunteers, uh, voluntary people, people that... Um, do this after their work for instance and so it's often diff difficult to get in touch and because a lot of those projects involve immigrants sometimes even people without a uh, without papers um, you have to be very careful who you film and who you talk to and who wants to be on camera so it's, uh, it's a bit of a hassle <laughs> but on the other hand um, something like this a project like this I would have never been able to pull that off last year but now this year with the growth of Tridio and having Inge and Martin 
uh, working for me and helping me out, uh, this has become much easier to do. The only thing I can focus on is filming and telling a story. And uh, Myrton takes care of making first contact and explaining why we want to film and makes the appointments and everything. Inga takes care of uh, posting the daily updates. So during the week, I don't have to worry about the daily breakfast. Inga takes care of that. And uh, this yesterday on, uh, when was it? By the end of the week, Friday, we, uh, we went to Ikea, the three of us, to get two desks. And uh, now we have a... A, special, a room, we, we took the big room, the conference room, and we moved the conference table, and so now we have two desks. And people can actually work there full-time if necessary. And I can't tell you how great that feels to have, to, to be where I always dreamt I would one day be, to have this small uh, group of people, and we work together so that everyone can do what he or she does best. And... Uh, and well, you can you can tell by the increased output because we're on a roll now. So I'm I'm uh, uh, every Friday we make sure that the entire team is on location. And of course for Inga that's a, a challenge because she lives in the northern part of the country. So it's a long trip. She's been trying to get a a home a house here in the in this area of the country uh, for a very very long time, but it just uh, failed to materialize. But every Friday we make sure that we are together so that we can plan, we can evaluate and produce. And one of the things uh, that we do now on Friday afternoon is I record um, all the podcasts for and all the videos for the next week, for the weekdays. And uh, uh, for that I'm back at my old place, the green screen studio. So now that Martin has his own desk, uh, we can re purpose that for the for those recordings so I don't have to um, change too many things to in order to get going and, and that works quite well we're going to upgrade from oh, this wind is so cold we're gonna upgrade from the current iMac which is uh, already uh, slightly old I think it's from 2013 if I'm not mistaken very slow hard drive we're gonna upgrade to a, to a PC again um, this is going to be one of those modular PCs that you can put in a 19-inch rack together with our audio equipment. And um, I'm going to switch to VidBlaster, which is uh, made by Mike uh, from the Netherlands. He originally created a program called um, CastBlaster, which made it very easy to record podcasts. This is in the ancient times, in the, when the dinosaurs podcasted the Earth. <laughs> and uh, so he... he has now, he's now producing this video um, program that allows you to switch between cameras and do on-the-spot green screen replacement and streaming and all that. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to making that process more and more efficient. And, of course, the more efficient we are, the more time we have for even more production. So it's very cool to see that this works. And it's the teamwork that makes it possible. And... Uh, so I couldn't be happier. We, we rearranged almost every room uh, the other day. Um, but that's kind of obvious because you you make a first planning and then you start working there and then you realize, oh, wait a minute, what if I put that desk on this side of the room? It actually is much 
better to sit there than on the other side, etc. So, um, and also production-wise, you know, going out filming, having someone to drive me there. For instance, Martin, Martin likes driving. I don't. I hate driving. So, um, next week, I'm going to three countries in three days. This is insane. <laughs> I. For the sake of efficiency, in order to create margin and more space so I can focus on international productions next to my Dutch shows, um, we are going to Belgium, Germany, and Luxembourg. And on in every one of those countries, I'm going to film one episode of my TV show. Um, and I'm going to interview some people. And, but all that had to be arranged at the very last moment. Because I was so busy with Amsterdam, those projects, <clears throat> uh, and also with lots of other stuff, um, I almost didn't have time to make the phone calls and write the emails and ask where, well, where I can, can film the stories. So fortunately, I, I knew a German priest, uh, Norbert Fink, who is uh, a very, it's kind of doing in Germany what I try to do in the Netherlands, uh, is always using popular culture to, to evangelize, to reach younger people. So I'm going to visit him and uh, we'll talk about that. He actually is a, a lot cooler than I am. He makes rap videos uh, about, uh, about biblical themes and about Lent, etc. He does a terrific job. He's very entrepreneurial. Uh, but is all, he's also uh, uh, very much into Star Wars and trying to show the, the kind of spiritual themes in, in movies like that. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll probably also visit... So that's in the neighborhood of Cologne, where the World Youth Days with Pope Benedict were many years ago. Seems like an eternity. It's incredible. Um, and so we may have some time to visit some other cities in the neighborhood that are actually... a, a a few very cool cities in a, in a relatively small uh, area. You've got Cologne, you've got Aachen, um, there is Dusseldorf, and even Bonn is, is not far from there. So plenty of options there. It's just that hopefully we'll have the time to do enough in one day. And then we're also going to film in Belgium, in the French part of Belgium. I've already been in, in Antwerp. Well, this time we're going to the eastern part of Belgium. There is a, um, uh, a, a place of worship there, a place of pilgrimage, because the Virgin Mary appeared in two locations in, in Belgium. Um, and we're going to Banu, which is very close to the Netherlands. So if the Virgin Mary had appeared like a few kilometers up north, then the Netherlands would have <laughs> apparitions, which we don't have. Um, so a lot of uh, the Dutch pilgrims also go to Banu to pray there to the Virgin Mary and ask for her intercession and her protection. It's especially a place of pilgrimage for the people that are ill. They are praying there to, for strength and sometimes for, for healing. Um, so I'd like to go there then... There's also a, an abbey in, the, in that neighborhood. Monks have left, but then a small Christian community has taken over the abbey, and there is now also a brewery. Connected. So they, they kind of revived that monastery after the monks by lack of vocations left. And that seems to me a cool story as well. And uh, I also know some other priests in that area, so I'm hopefully be able to find uh, uh, one of them available for that day as well to interview them about, you know, faith in Belgium. 
And then the final uh, day we're going to Luxembourg, which is a very tiny country uh, below the Netherlands and Belgium. And uh, uh, in Luxembourg, I'm going to visit my good friend Michel Remery, the author of Tweeting with God. And uh, I know him since his ordination, and we go on vacation every year with uh, Father Henry and Father Harry as well. And, uh, but he's now been uh, stationed, he used to work in Switzerland, and now he works in Luxembourg. And the bishop there asked him to take care of a youth pastoral. And, um, and, and he's been r traveling the world for all these translations. The book, uh, Tweeting with God, has been a, a worldwide success. It has been translated in, how, I don't know how many languages. It just was, it's going to be presented, or probably while I'm recording this, it's being presented in Arabic. And so it's just crazy, the success, and that there's clearly such a need for um, catechesis in, in a modern form. I mean, this, it's very solid catechesis, uh, explanation of the faith, but it's uh, presented in a very uh, accessible way, very colorful and, and modern and hip. So he would be a, a great person to show us around and to give me his first impressions. There's also uh, another place of pilgrimage in Luxembourg, um, Echternach. That's where they uh, keep. The, that's where the where we have the tomb of the first bishop of the Netherlands, Saint Willebrord, who came from uh, from England um, and traveled to the to the Netherlands to evangelize the pagans there. And so uh, we owe him. <laughs> and I figured it may be polite to if I'm in the neighborhood to pay him a visit as well. So hopefully, but that, it just, it, I'm getting so anxious when I'm thinking of all the stuff we need to do in so little time. And um, anxiety has been kind of the running theme of these, these first few weeks of, of Lent. Anxiety about, can I pull this off? Anxiety about my health, you know, will I have the energy? Um, there's a, a bit of the stress of, am I not trying too much? So sometimes when, when everything is on a roll and you feel like, wow, I've never worked like this before with, with so much help, uh, the risk is, of course, to, to go too fast and to, to, do, to want to do everything. And so uh, there's a bit of that. And there's anxiety also about the uh, sustainability of, the, of what, what I do. Um, I, the, my diocese, as you know, is... Uh, is uh, employing me and is uh, paying me my priestly salary but then they don't they want they want that amount of money back and so the the parish uh, reimburses them for 20 percent of my time and the 80 percent I have to generate myself from the media work that I do and for the past few years they've been very lenient and oftentimes of course I don't have that much I don't generate much income what I do. Even the things that I do on television is, uh, uh, is done on a shoestring budget. But this year, I have to pay back the entire amount. So the previous years, it was a percentage. This year is the first year um, that I have to pay back, I think in total, 36,000 euros um, to compensate for uh, the costs, cost of living, the rent of the, of the house where I live. And so um, I was working with Martin and we were looking at the, 
the number of shows that were planned for the rest of the year, the television shows, and we were calculating how, how much revenue that would give us. And it's not, it's not enough at all. I mean, there's a massive gap on that level. Of course, I have my patrons who help me with their monthly donation. But even if you add that, it's not enough. And so this past week, I had to go and negotiate with the television company and ask for more work, basically. And that's, that's crazy because I, I already work a lot and I do a lot. And asking for even more is, uh, feels like something I probably shouldn't do. But it's, it's kind of like the anxiety is that by the end of the year, I won't be able to pay back the diocese. And, well, they were very clear that, <laughs> that I have to. So um, it's, it's this uncertainty you're negotiating. And then, of course, the people, uh, the television company, they have their contracts with other uh, external uh, producers that make certain episodes of my TV show, and I just do the presentation. They already have a very limited budget for this program. And so for an hour, we've been kind of talking back and forth. And I, I don't like to be in that situation because I, I would just want to be carefree and just telling the stories that are that that I think are are important to tell but negotiating about your uh, reimbursement and your income it's it's really uncomfortable and in the past um, has been always a problem so this time I went there with Martin and so that helped a little bit also to correct the image that they had of what I was doing of course I started to um, to produce these shows by myself just like the podcasting thing has been a one-man business for many many years and it's only recently um, that uh, even when at the time when I was uh, uh, still part of uh, my work was still part of SQPN um, I would still produce every episode myself um, and SQPN took care of the hosting costs etc but um, there was just a, a ton of work that I did by myself. The same thing with the TV shows. I filmed everything. I prepared. I caught, made the, the, the appointments. I did the interviews. I filmed myself, <laughs> as you've seen in the videos during the Camino. Um, so you, you put the camera on the ground. You walk. You walk back towards the camera. You pick up the camera. <laughs> and, that, and you repeat that a hundred times. Um, and then I would do all the editing myself. And... Edit, editing is, is work that I know how to do, but it is extremely labor-intensive. And so, um, being in that situation, asking for more episodes to produce so that I can close the gap and I can pay back the diocese. But at the same time, I also have all these plans for and projects that I want to realize for Tridio, for an international audience. And I don't want my regular work, my TV work, to overshadow that because... For me, that's where the future is. That's where my, my, my mission is, or the core of my mission is. So um, I don't sleep that well <laughs> lately because I'm, I'm just kind of pondering about that and, and, and being in negotiations while not being a money person and being more on the creative side of things um, is uncomfortable. So I worried about that. I still don't have any uh, commitments uh, from their side, so I don't really know if what I proposed is going to be accepted. 
So uh, I just worry too much and I have a hard time trusting that things will turn out all right. It's, it's something I, I always preach about, of course. As you can imagine, faith is all about trust. But I realize in these situations when I'm, when my future is at stake, <laughs> when I have to make, uh, uh, when I have to, let's say, weigh the options and, and, and take decisions, I notice how hard it is to, to stay calm and to trust that with God's help, of course, you're doing okay. And uh, it's constant, this anxiety comes from the, the fear of failing, the fear of not doing enough, uh, the, the fear of, of not, I don't know, <laughs> not meeting other people's expectations. It's the big, I think my, that's my biggest, um, my biggest fear. It's not really, I don't worry that I'm going to end up on the streets <laughs> without food or shelter, but it's the fear of not meeting other people's expectations. And I know in my mind that ultimately well, the only thing that matters is that I do what God wants me to do and that if God steers me in a direction, he will also facilitate it. But that's something that you often see after the fact and when you look back. But the, the, the window in front of you, I actually did an interview with a, with a guy in Amsterdam who, said, who used this metaphor. He says, you know, when you're, when you're in driving the car of your life, usually the, the front window is fogged up and the only part that you can see clearly is the, the road that, that is behind you in the rear view mirror. And so it requires a lot of trust or friends to help you trust to still keep going. And um, that's kind of how I feel right now. Nevertheless, there is one advantage of this situation, even though I may have piled up a lot of work in the next few days, actually. I also know that once I'm there, and this is just experience, once I'm there, even if I haven't been able to make all the arrangements or organize interviews, I'll, I'm creative enough to come up with something. And so there's always a story that, that can be told, and sometimes you have to be on location to see the story. And it, it's, it's oftentimes very different from what you wanted to do. And that too has to do with trust. It's trusting yourself, trusting your ability or my ability to tell a story despite not having had the time or the resources to prepare it well. So by the end of this next week, I'll have material. I'll just trust. I, I'm still, the moment, now that I'm saying it, I'm getting anxious again. This is going to work. But if everything goes well, I'll have uh, enough footage for three television episodes. The two that I still have to deliver before the beginning of the summer break. And then I'll already have one extra episode for the next season and I've uh, given the the company the broadcasting company a list of topics that I would like to film in advance during the summer days um, so I can also work ahead and uh, and have more time during the year for the other projects one of which of course is the big Lego project um, uh, a series of animations that can help parents and kids to rediscover their faith or learn more about it. I think there is a massive uh, need for that kind of um, uh, education. And I think we're, we're onto something unique. 
that is going to require a whole round, again, something totally new for me, of fundraising. I'll have to go and find people who trust the, this idea enough and who see the importance of educating a younger generation and put in some funding for that because that is a project for which we don't really have uh, a ton of money but I want it to be really well because it's something if you one Lego movie may require uh, an investment but you can use it for years and years it's way a way better investment than doing I don't know, uh, a, a live show or just a vlog that's here today and gone tomorrow. Now, these, these videos, if we do them well, they may be used for, I don't know, perhaps a decade to come. But I need to convince the... Uh, uh, I still I don't even know who am I going to ask for, for investments in this. But I'll need to explain what I'm doing and have to hopefully um, convince them that it's worth investing in. So that too is is exciting, exhilarating, but also <laughs> really scary. Um, and then um, another project that I that's on my radar is um, I want to go on a, on a new pilgrimage. I want to walk the most the most ancient road to Santiago that we know. It's the uh, Camino Primitivo. The word kind of gives it away it's the it's the primitive the the original road to to santiago it's much shorter than the one that i did last year but i want to do it again i, I want to film it again tell the story take people with me but do it even better than the last time so i i'm still dreaming of uh taking a drone with me <laughs> and uh that's also exciting but 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 it's the great unknown i don't know exactly how to pull that off but I want to challenge myself to do projects that are beyond just the day-to-day -day work and see if we, with that we can get to the level of ultimately and this is something um, that I want to be, that I want to get done between now and let's say two years I want to produce Netflix content so I want to get our productions uh, but also the organization that is required to be able to pull that off. I want to get that to the level that we produce content that will be good enough, or perhaps even more than good enough, for Netflix to broadcast. Um, I know that the demands of Netflix are extremely high. They, uh, for now, 4K, for instance, is standard. I'm not even filming in 4K right now. So it means that we have to upgrade our equipment. We have to probably also upgrade the editing uh, uh, gear, the computers, because 4K is, what is it, four times more data than, uh, than HD. So that will require much more horsepower. But I feel that if I don't keep setting these goals and, and defining new projects for myself, uh, the risk is that you get complacent and uh, you don't grow and you don't evolve and that's what I want. I want to kind of always build on what we can do now in order to do better for to do better tomorrow. I'm here at the end of the park. In front of me I can see the blue facade of the new swimming pool, the massive swimming pool that they've created here and it's uh, 
a, a huge try. It actually, from this side, it looks like a, a crashed Star Destroyer now that I look at it. It is a triangle, and it's, it's almost a Star Destroyer. That is so cool. Wow. Okay, now I love this swimming pool. <laughs> from the other side, I always thought, thought it looked awful and ugly and an eyesore with all those, those blue tiles, but now that I see the shape, I'm like, whoa. Just add a few TIE Fighters and you have the coolest swimming pool on the planet. I, I doubt that they did this on purpose. All right, let's see if I can get closer to the Star Destroyer and find my way back home. Because tonight, I, uh, I take a break from working. Uh, this entire day, I've been um, um, uh, sending out emails and messages on Facebook in order to see how much I could uh, arrange for the for the uh, the filming next week. Uh, also, this morning, the my sister's kids came over with their father um, because they now have the PlayStation Four, <laughs> which uh, I'm actually really glad that I that I could uh, hand it over to them because I was never playing with that thing. And even though yeah, I love the video games, um, I just feel guilty of having that device sitting there while, you know, Jonathan and Noemi and Ezra, they would love to play those games. They have vacation this week. So, golly, I, they, they were so excited this morning that they finally got to play on the PlayStation 4. And this is still... the. Um, I'm, I'm walking on the right side of the swimming pool or the Star Destroyer. <laughs> and uh, they're still going to put some tiles here because I'm walking on the gravel. Hopefully this is legal to walk here. I don't know. But um, to see their excitement and also they were talking about games that I hadn't heard of. It was like, oh, can, it play, can we play Fortnite? And <laughs> Okay, um... Well, I thought I was kind of uh, current with my knowledge of popular video games, but apparently I'm not. So that's uh, that's out of my uh, place. Also, this is just step phase one in the de big decluttering, the Lenten decluttering uh, project. So I'm trying to, by the end of Lent, I want to be rid of everything that's uh, that's currently um, cluttering up my my apartment. And it already helps to have everything, to have the, the uh, studio downstairs well organized. It, it just brings me so much joy that finally things are starting to fall into place. It gives a certain tranquility that I really need in times of anxiety. <laughs> and so uh, the, uh, uh, I've been thinking, so is this, is this a phase in my life that can teach me something? Oh, okay. Wait a minute. I, I'm definitely not in a in a legal spot here because this is surrounded by gates, <laughs> by fences, metal fences, and I'm on the wrong side of the fence. So on the other side is the legal side. Let's see if I can get out of here. Eh, it's probably somewhere, a place where I can. Oh, this wind! I can sneak through it. Let me see. This is probably going to be the big entrance to the Star Destroyer. Alrighty. Um, where was I? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what am I learning? It's this 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 anxiety surprised me a little bit. On the other hand, it's classic Father Roderick. It's uh, 
despite all the experience and despite the fact that I turned 50 this year, <laughs> I still oftentimes feel like a child who is uncertain about what he's doing, um, is uncertain about what other people think of him, and, and who attaches way too much importance to what other people think or what I perceive them to think, because oftentimes it's not even reality. Okay, wait a minute, this fence is, this is really fenced off, and there is no exit here. <laughs> I thought they would just have at least an opening or something, but uh, I may have to go all the way back. See, there normally there's a door or something. Um, <laughs> is there an opening there? I can see, the, oh, these fences are even uh, locked. Okay, well, I'll have to go back. There is no exit. Alrighty. <laughs> How do I always get myself into trouble here? So tonight, that's what I was uh, going to say. Tonight I'm taking a break. And I'm going over to Sebastian, who is one of my parishioners. Um, and he is the one who introduced me to the wonderful world of board games. And um, uh, it's uh, something that I've always wanted to, to do, to play these games. But I just didn't have other friends who were into board games. And so now he has a, an entire community uh, of people that love board games. And they always play almost on a weekly basis. And so the other day I got an invitation. They said, uh, would you like to play a Star Wars board game? I think it's called something like Imperial Forces or I don't recall the exact name. But it sounded very Star Wars-like. The thing is, it is a very... Uh, elaborate board game. Most board games that I've played so far um, can be wrapped up on, in an evening, a couple of hours max. This board game will take several weeks to play. It's a very strategic game and uh, I'm very glad that Sebastian is going to help me understand the game because I, I, have, I don't know about the rules, I don't have no experience or very little experience, but he's, he is uh, uh, teaching uh, uh, he's a math teacher, so he's really good at explaining the rules and helping people uh, within the process, which is it's kind of cool to see someone who is so good at teaching other people, be it math or be it complicated board games. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's something that when when the invitation came, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do that because it's... I'm. I need my sleep. I have had a very extroverted week where I was constantly outside and working with other people. And usually I just need some time alone. Is it wise to plan this at the end of what's probably going to be another busy, busy Saturday? And then I, I told myself, you know what? This is fun. This is something with no strings attached. This is just to have an enjoyable evening with friends playing a Star Wars board game. Do this. You'll enjoy it. And it will take your mind off the, the stress of, uh, of the filming next week. And I think that's something I need to learn as well. To, to let go of work after a certain time. And I can do that now much easier um, than before because there are other people who help me carry these responsibilities. So, if, if Inge and Martin know what 
they are supposed to do, I can let that go. I, can, I know that the both of them are do excellent work, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. And in the past, when we were improvising so much, um, uh, very often I, I, I just was constantly worried, is, is it going to be done? Or, we, or I, could, I had a, uh, a tendency to commit myself to way too much. And then I would also always get in trouble because there was not enough time and uh, I couldn't, just couldn't do it. But I, I, so I, even though I can now hand it over to other people and they get things done, uh, I still have that original anxiety of like, is, still, is it going to be all right? I first need to see it and then I believe that things are going to be all right. So it's probably going to take a while before I, I can become a little bit calmer and trusting the process, trusting myself also in this. So that's what I wanted to share with you in this episode of the walk. I'm walking home. Um, and what time is it? I almost have to step on my bike and, uh, and uh, go see the other board gamers uh, over at Sebastian's place. And tomorrow it's uh, another Sunday, so it's masses. And the, the rest of the afternoon, I don't have anything planned. So that is good. I'll probably just go read a book or something. <laughs> Do absolutely nothing. That is important. Sometimes you have an afternoon where you have done what you could and then you just completely zone out and, and rest. That's what Sunday is for. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, next week, <clears throat> all the shows, every day there will be a new episode. Um, it's fun to do these shorter episodes. I hope you enjoy them. I've also uh, finally um, managed to get the, the weekly Q&A for the patrons. Um, so ask Father Roderick. And every week there are new questions coming in. And it's a lot of fun to just have a casual conversation with my patrons. And um, there is something about not having to do a real show, but just someone has a question and I'll just answer feels very conversational and so it's fun to do and I get to talk about things that I would never talk about in 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 my regular podcasts or videos so thanks for to my patrons for for making that possible and uh well go to tridio.com for more information thank you for your time thank you for listening to this episode and I will see you next week and hopefully by then I'm, I'm, the anxiety is no longer there. Uh, please say a little prayer. Oh, speaking of prayers, of course, my anxiety is nothing compared to the stress that my sister had to endure. She's been uh, in surgery this last week. Um, lots of people have been praying for her. Surgery went well. She's still very nauseous because of the, um, the uh, um, what you call that? Well, the whole process, you know, being knocked out for a number of hours. So I think the operation took two hours, I think. Um, and so, and there's still, of course, the anxiety. How did it turn out? You know, is the, how is the damage? And uh, and of course, is is did they are were they able to to clean everything up? That she will hear that in a couple of days from now. So don't pray for me. Pray for her. She could use your prayers. All righty. Talk to you soon and uh, have a wonderful week. Take care and God bless.